I want to preach to you today what I feel the Lord has impressed upon my heart. I believe this will be my fourth time to preach from this thought. So the you that have been here the other three times know very well um, what I'm preaching about again today. And my text today is this in the form of a question, will your nail hold? Will your nail hold? Nail representing that that will stand sure and steadfast. We all want something that is stable and something we can have confidence in and uh, that will continue on. I remember a number of years ago as a boy, someone told me, an old-timer said, uh, you know, there's three things you can count on in this state. And he said one of them is the Arkansas Gazette. Worthen Bank will always be here, and the Razorbacks will always be here. Well, it was not long until the Gazette was gone and the Worthen Bank had been sold. Of course, the Razorbacks are still around. But uh, it just goes to show you that we live in a world and a time when there is um, no stability. Everything's changing, consolidating, moving. Names are changing. Companies are consolidating and all these things that are going on around us. And it is wonderful to have something that is sure, solid, and true. Amen. That you don't have to go to bed at night, wake up tomorrow, pick up the newspaper, and discover that there's no longer, there's no longer the Bible, and there's no longer this glorious truth. Amen. This is the nail that will stand forever. Amen. Lions can't eat it. The fire can't burn it. Atheists can't destroy it. Nobody's been able to stop it. Amen. It has stood through the times, and we have it with us today. Thank God for it, and it's his good hand. God speaking through Ezra the prophet, and Ezra just rejoicing in God and thanking God because Israel had fallen away from God, and the judgments of God had come upon Israel, and they went into bondage, and they were in bondage for 70 years. And then God touched the heart of a heathen king that did not even know him and said, uh, he put it in the heart of that king to let God's people escape out of Babylon and allow them to go back to rebuild the walls and the city that was their homeland. And O Ezra got there, and he was so grateful and so thankful that God had given such a place. And he said, and now for a little space, I just, there's something about when I read this, it just touches my heart. He said, for now a little space, grace hath been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to escape. 
and to give us a nail in his holy place. How do you like where the nail is at today? He's given us a nail in a holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. God has given us this nail in this holy place. It is the goodness of God that's brought us to this glorious truth. And what brought us to this glorious truth is that our God has, he has enlightened, everybody say enlightened, our eyes and give us a little reviving. Brother, I'm going to tell you, when you feel the Lord, you are to shout. You are to rejoice in your spirit to know Hallelujah, that I'm not in bondage to sin anymore, but God has given me this reviving out of our bondage, and he has blessed us. Praise God. Isaiah 22, 23, 25, he said, I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed, be cut down and fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut off, for the Lord has spoken it. The 23rd verse, Isaiah said, I will fasten him as a sure nail, as a nail in a sure place. I will fasten him. God said, I will put him in this place, in in his father's house, and he will be fastened as a nail in a sure place. Then the 25th verse says, In that day saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed. And be cut down and fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut off, for the Lord has spoken it. One verse said, I'm going to fasten with a sure nail. The next verse says, I'll take that nail out. I'll take it out of that sure place to be removed and be cut down, and it's going to fall. You know, it should cause us to all tremble today when we think about God because it is by the grace and the mercy of God today that we stand. It's the goodness of God that has given us this stability that we have in our life. Without God, and if God every should move that out of our heart because of our careless, unconcerned attitude, and we would lose that sure nail, uh, then we would drift at sea like the world is today with no direction. Thank God today that we have something to rejoice about. We're attached to his word. Everybody say his word. We're attached to a local church. This is our church family Thank God for the comfort that we find here and the connection we find here and feeling a part of the family of God when we come into this place. I'm going to tell you today, you may think, well, uh, that's um, just the church or 
um, because I've come so long, but it's not. I want to tell you it's the hand of God that makes us feel a part of the local assembly and feel a part of the church, and it is the blessing of God that we can feel that today. Amen. It's the enemy of our soul that would cause us to feel a distant and out of place, and the enemy certainly wants to make you feel that way when you come into the house of God. Feel like I do not belong there, and, and I, I'm, I'm different, and I do not belong to the body, and I don't belong to the church. I tell you, God has blessed us. Amen. It's not somebody else's church. It's our church. This is our house. Amen. A praise and worship unto God that God has given us, of course, to share with the world and tell them of the goodness and greatness of God. Thank God for a church with an attitude that wants to reach to a city and to a lost and dying world. We don't have a private club with the doors locked, us four and no more attitude, but we've got the attitude us four and the whole rest of the world needs this glorious salvation, this wonderful truth. Thank God for it today. Hallelujah. We are so blessed. I just, I just want you to treasure what God has done in our life. Because going to church, and many of you have come here all of your life, just as I have, and uh, you, can, you can take the house of God for granted. You can get to where you just feel like, well, and it almost becomes a burden to you to go to church. Amen. But I want to tell you today, and I, will, I trust the Holy Ghost could stir it up in your mind and your heart, it is a blessing it is a blessing. You need to resist that spirit that says, oh, it's church again. No, thank God it's church again. I've got a place to go and I've got a place to put my feet under the table. Amen. I've got a place to go and to worship and to glorify the name of the Lord. God has given us this house. And God has given us this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want to tell you today, the more you treasure it and the more you are reminded of thanksgiving in your heart, amen, the more certain that God will never take our nail away from us. It was Eli that spoke, God spoke to, and he said, Eli, because of the sins of your sons, Hophni and Phinehas, he said, because of their sins, he said, I want to tell you what, I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. If we're going to stay and if we're going to keep our nail in the house of God, we better learn what is in his mind and what is in his heart. He said, I'm going to raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And he said, I will build for him a sure house, and he shall walk before, before mine anointed forever. Amen. Eli, because you took the house of God and made a playhouse out of it 
and you did not guide your sons right, then I'm going to raise up a faithful priest that I do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I'm going to build for him a sure house. Of course, he was talking about prophesying of Samuel as well as David, as well as Jesus Christ, who was the faithful high priest. He said, I'm going to put it in his heart and in his mind, and then I'm going to build him a sure house, and he's going to walk in my anointing forever. I want to tell you that's what I want God to say about every one of us in this building today. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a faithful priest, and I'm going to have people that's going to have my mind, and I'm going to have people that's going to have my heart. I'm going to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, and I'm going to walk with God. And God says, if you will do that, I will give you a sure nail in a sure house, and you will never be moved from this thing, but you will ever be in the house of the Lord. He went on to say, what will happen to your house, Eli, is they will come begging for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread. And they shall say, put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest offices that I may eat a piece of bread. Just give me a position somewhere in the church that I can just have something to live on and just to take care of the natural man. You know what he was describing there? He was describing a hireling that all he does, he's just got a job. All I want, I don't care whether people change their lives. I don't care if they're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and they quit their sinning and their turnaround from their loose living and ungodly ways. I don't care about any of that. All I want, I just want a title. I just want to be a pastor. I just want to be a preacher. And I just want a paycheck at the end of the week. Amen. And that's what's troubling religion today. They just found them some hirelings. Amen. But thank God for the truth. And thank God for a faithful priest. That's still a preach against homosexuality and still will preach against all kind of perversion. Thank God for the word of the Lord. We're not looking for a hireling today. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Give us today, Lord, a nail in a sure place. Give us a nail in a sure place today. How, how can be, you be assured that you will have a nail? Because you're going to take care of what God has given you. You're going to take care of it. And you're going to take the commandments of God sincere. Hallelujah. The spirit of prophecy came upon Abigail in a time of David's life whenever he was confused and didn't know what to do. And he was a, right on the verge of making a terrible mistake and, and destroying a household that would have been blood upon his hands. But it was Abigail that was moved with such wisdom. Oh, God, if there's any gift that this church pastor everybody needs to pray for God would you give us the spirit 
and the gift of wisdom and of knowledge. You know what gets us in trouble is when we open our mouth and out of our mouth flows blessings or cursings. Amen. And out of Abigail's mouth came wisdom and blessings. And she spoke to this mighty warrior and mighty man by the name of David when he was confused. And he, she said to him, I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. She saw it for David. God's going to give you a nail. He's going to give you a sure house. He said the reason, she said the reason God's going to do this, David, is because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord. And evil hath not been found in thee all of thy days. Hey, friend, we've got a battle on our hands, and that's to stand for what's right. She said the reason God's going to give you a sure house and a nail is because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Then she talked about Saul that was after David's very life, and she said, Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound up in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. Now, you're talking about a place to live. It's when you're all bound up, bound up in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And then she referred to his enemies, the soul of thine enemies. Them shall be slain out. He shall slain out as of the middle of a sling. You're wrapped up, David, and the God has taken you. Somebody said, I don't, you people are not living. Hey, we're, we're wrapped up in the bundle of life. You can't live right and have fun. We're having more fun than anybody in the world. Because I'll tell you what fun is, is when you can go to bed at night and you have no condemnation. We started out this year purposing in our heart to be a people in a church that would live above and free from condemnation. If it condemns us by the help of the Holy Ghost, we will not do it. When you do it, and it's like it's right in your face, and that's all you can see, and that's all you can think about, and especially when you go to pray. Amen. By the grace of God, we're going to lay it aside because 2006, we're going to live condemnation-free. And when our heart is condemning us, thank God we've got a God that's greater than our condemnation. He said, just bring it to me and repent, and I'll forgive you, and you'll climb right back up on top of that condemnation, and you'll be free again. Hallelujah. To wave your hands and to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, everybody praise him right now together. Oh, God, we magnify thee, we magnify thee, we praise you, we worship your name, O oh Lord. 
And isn't it beautiful when you're living this kind of life? You don't have to worry about your enemies. The Bible said you're bound up in the bundle of life. And he said the souls of thine enemies, them shall he slang out as out of the middle of a sling. God will take care of us. God told David, said, I'm going to build you a sure house. Then he blessed David and he turned after David and he said, I'm going to give Solomon a nail also and he's going to have a sure house. And it shall be, he said, talking about his son, if thou will hearken unto that that I've commanded thee and will walk in my ways and do that that is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did that I will be with thee and will build thee a sure house. Everybody say a sure house. Not something that's moving, not something that is changing, but something you can count on. He said, as I built for David and will give Israel unto thee. Solomon, if, everybody say if, if you will listen to my commandments and you will walk in my ways and do that that is right in my sight, and you will do as David, my servant, did. I will be with thee, and I will build for thee this absolutely sure house. You can walk with me. Isaiah again said, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation. He was talking about Jesus Christ. A stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste, or he that believeth will not be moved. The apostle Paul picked up on the same thought when he said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Now listen to the rest of this because it does not stop there. He said, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Everybody wants the sure house. Everybody wants the nail. And everybody wants to feel steadfast in God. But the apostle Paul, he's told us, he said, The foundation of God standeth sure, and having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of the Christ get away from iniquity. Then he went on to say, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man, there's that big if, everybody say if. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. He said, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Lift up your hands and let's thank him today for the word of the Lord and the truth of God's word. Oh, bless the name of Jesus today. We magnify thee, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your rich, good blessings. Hallelujah that you have blessed us with. 
Hallelujah. And I think today as the world seeks and they're thirsty, Isaiah said, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye, buy, eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. And Jesus stood one day and spoke these words. He watched people just going through a ritual. And they were just in tradition. And they weren't finding a real connection with the God of the heavens. And he stood that day. It was the last day of the feast. It was the great day that should have been a glorious day. But he watched and he could see how empty their lives really were. And the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then the Scripture tells us, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost, this Holy Ghost he was talking about, was not yet given because that Christ was not yet glorified. Thank you, God, for this glorious nail that you have put in our life. Thank God for the blessing of it that he has given us today. He said, Paul said, don't be like children tossed to and fro, uh, carried about with every wind of doctrine, get a hold of the nail and hold on to the nail. Hold on to what God has given you and what God has done in your life. Paul, he, he, he marveled. He said, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ into another gospel. He said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And then he said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I again, he repeats himself, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. Amen. He said, I preach this wonderful gospel to you, and I am so amazed how quick you have been removed. You had a nail. It was sure, but remember along with that being sure, there's a big, big word, and it's two letters, and it's if. If you continue on, and if you do his will. And he said, I, I, I'm, I marvel. He said, I am surprised at you, how you had it, and how somebody has come along, the gospel perverters, and has perverted the gospel, and you have been moved from the gospel. You have been shaken from this glorious nail that I put in your life. 
Oh, God, the people that I have watched come through, and God gave them a nail, but they didn't treasure the nail that God had given them. And the enemy stowed it out of their life, and they were moved on to something else. They were moved away. And you ask the question, well, what did the apostle preach? Well, that's not hard to find. All you've got to go is to Acts the 19th chapter, and you can see what the apostle Paul preached as the gospel. He met certain disciples of John the Baptist, and he asked them, how were you baptized? And now we got the gospel perverters that say it doesn't matter how you was baptized. In fact, you don't even need to be baptized although Jesus Christ himself was baptized. And really the whole purpose was to be an example to us that you really need to get water and you really need to be baptized. He asked those men, how were you baptized? They said, we were baptized into John's baptism. And Paul said, well, that's good enough. If you've been baptized one time, you sure don't need to be baptized anymore. No. Amen. He told them about the, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we've not even heard about whether the Holy Ghost has been given. He preached to them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He told them about baptism in Jesus' name. He took these very same people, amen, and he rebaptized them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And then he laid his hands on them, and the Bible said they received the Holy Ghost. And the reason they knew they had received the Holy Ghost, because of miraculous, not syllables, not some babbling, but anointing of the Holy Ghost fell on them. As the power of God came upon them, and they began to speak with other tongues as God gave the utterance. And the apostle Paul came upon these people and he said, I marvel that you have, your nail didn't hold. You had it, but you turned loose of it. You let it get away from you. I marvel that you have been so soon removed from the gospel to some other gospel in some other way. And he said, there's no other way. He said, I want to tell you how sure this gospel is. He said, if I come back to you and I start telling you there is another way and another gospel, except the Lord shake hands with the preacher, believe in your heart, and you don't need to do anything else. If I start, if I come back, the apostle Paul comes back and says there's another way. He said, you just let that man be accursed. He said, if an angel comes down out of heaven, flapping his wings and starts preaching to you another gospel, you just point your finger in the face of that angel and say, no, we've got a sure nail. And our nail will hold. Oh, God, I rejoice today when I was a boy five years old, five years old. I felt conviction grip my heart. Amen. I was to take you 
to the frame house. It's been moved, but it was next door to the church on 2nd and Buckeye. And in that white frame house and back in the 50s, I felt conviction in my heart. And I still can see my mother washing dishes at the sink. And I walked up to her and tapped on her and said, Mother, I want to pray. She said, okay, just a little bit. I came back. I said, Mother, I want to pray. She put down that washcloth and quit washing those dirty dishes. She went into the living room. I got on my knees and began to pray and seek God. Sister Louise Haney lived across the street from us. She'll hover, hold a very special place in my heart. But she came in while we were praying, and I was walking back and forth in front of the sofa with my hands up at five years old, and I was speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what God was doing? God was driving a nail in my heart and in my life. Been a lot of things happened in my life since then, but I'm rejoicing today and thanking God that that nail that God drove in my heart, I've never been able to get away from it. And when I think about it, it would always bring me back to it, that feeling I had that evening, that anointing that came upon my life that day. Let me tell you to feel the presence of the Lord. It's the greatest joy there is in this whole wide world. I know we live in a religious world that says it's a mind game. You just believe in your heart. You don't know when you're saved. You don't know when you'll lose it, but you, you just believe in your heart and you tell yourself you're saved. But I want to tell you something about this wonderful, glorious nail that God will drive in our hearts. It's just as real as this pulpit you're looking at today. Friend, let me tell you today, you will know when God's presence touches your life. And everybody under my sound of my voice today, you are to seek every day of your life that you would be touched by the presence of God. Brother Holmes, do I have to be at the church to pray? No, you can be driving your car. You can be washing dishes, sisters. Amen. You can be on the job, brothers. And all at once, as you think about the Lord, all at once something comes in. Amen. And it says, Peter, amen, it's described in the book of Acts. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. All at once, the presence of God comes up on us. I thank God for the nails that have been driven in my life. The nail of going to church. I thank God that I had a daddy that drove that nail deep in my heart. Son, it's important for you to go to church. Hey, man, we'd go off on vacation, and guess what? He'd be looking for a church. In fact, we didn't leave on vacation. We were going to a camp meeting somewhere. 
a conference somewhere, and that was vacation. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And whatever nights were off, he was looking for a place to, to go to church. Thank God. Thank God for a mother and dad, and I'm glad my mother's here today to hear me say it. And I thank the Lord for the faith that she put in my heart. This glorious, wonderful nail of faith that God could do it. I'm glad of the nail that's been driven in my heart about giving. Everybody say giving. What a blessing it is to give. My dad put that nail in me. And not only my dad did it, but it was a bunch of men in this church because I watched them as a child. Brother, I said, when I grow up, I'll be so glad when I get some money where I can give to the kingdom of God, to missionaries. Amen. And watch God bless me too. Hallelujah. Thank God for the nail. And my mother put this one in me. The nail of loving the unlovable. That's right. My mama done that. She put that nail in my heart. My dad did it as well. You know what he said? He said, I believe everybody loves me, and I know I love everybody, and I'm not going to believe nothing different. Now, brother, you can't whip a man like that. Amen. My mother has taught me how to love people that were not very lovable. But the Scripture said, if you just love those that love you, and you do for those well, I go to their shower because they come to my... No, you need to go to somebody's shower that has really done you bad. Well, you need to help somebody that's really took you for a ride. That's when it's, it counts. Well, just, just preaching a little bit. The nail of loving the unlovable. Hey, Amen. That's when you've got the victory. That's when you've got the real salvation. That's when you've got the real God in your heart. Praise God and thank God for this glorious nail that God has put in this church in my heart, and that's the nail of prayer. Amen. Thank God for my mother and thank God for Sister Alice that I watched over the years when nobody wasn't praying in this church. And I was just a boy. I would watch her go up on the platform and everybody else would be visiting and she'd walk up on the platform because all the church or most, a lot of the church came on the platform to sing. And that was the choir when we had song service. And she would walk up there on that platform and, and kneel down and begin to pray and seek God about an hour before church. And that put a nail in my heart and in my life. And I thank God today. Oh, Lord, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. Thank God for this glorious truth. Thank God for this glorious nail that God has given us. I wonder, I wonder how long will your nail hold? Or will it be as the Apostle Paul? Someone will look at you someday and say, I marvel. I am surprised how soon they were removed from the gospel. I'm surprised that they wasn't able to hold on. I'm surprised they didn't take care of their nail. 
I wonder how many in this building right now you can remember the day God brought you into this glorious, let the scales from, fall from your eyes, and you understood what Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then that same wonderful Jesus that gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, when they came to Peter and to the rest of the apostles and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter had the keys. Everybody say, Peter had the keys. That meant he had the authority. He had the authority. You know what Jesus was saying? He's saying, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys. And whatever you say on this earth, I'm going to bind man to it. When he, he stands before me in judgment, he's going to meet what you said. And Peter, that had the keys to the kingdom, the first time the question had ever been asked how to be saved, they came to Peter and the rest of the apostles and said, men and brethren, what, everybody say it with me, what shall we do? First time. And brother, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to warp it. I'm not going to twist it. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you exactly what the man that had the keys said to him. Then Peter, say it with me, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Father, promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Thank God for the nail. How long will the nail hold in your life? Everybody stand together and give God praise. How long will it hold? And somebody will come back around someday and say, I am so surprised at them. They had the nail of going to church. I'm surprised that they got moved from this sure house. I'm surprised. I marvel that they, they can't see it anymore and they don't appreciate it anymore. I am so surprised. Amen. How long will your nail hold? I'll tell you how long it'll hold. It's that big two-letter word, if. Everybody say if. If you keep going to church, if you keep take care of the nail of going to church, if it's important, if it's high on your priority list, amen. If, if, if all these nails that God has put in our life, if they are high on our priority list, if prayer is high on your priority list, the nail will hold you. It'll hold you. When the winds are blowing and howling and trials and troubles are trying to shake your house, brother, you'll say, I've got a nail in this thing. Uh, God put a nail in me a long time ago. When other people are turning around and backsliding and quitting, throwing in the towel, 
Amen. They said, why don't you come go with me? No, I'm not going anywhere. God has given me a nail. God has given me a nail. God has given me an anchor. God has set my feet on this solid rock. Amen. And I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop going to church. I'm not going to stop giving. I'm not, not going to stop loving people. I'm not going to stop loving people that are just, just kind of tough to love. You ever seen anybody like that? No, you had not Amen. You ever run into somebody like that? They're just, they're just kind of tough. You just clash with them. When you, when you met, it would just, or it could have been somebody you was close to. But I'm going to tell you what, it does not matter. You don't, you don't need no hatred in your heart. You're stopping up your own well. You're closing up your own windows from heaven, acting like a child with them. Why don't you rise up and say, I'm going to go above. Amen. I'm going to live on the high road. I'm going to get up and get on that king's highway. Hallelujah. Don't that sound wonderful? Doesn't that sound like a good place to live? I'm going to live on that king's highway. Hallelujah. Why don't everybody clap your hands? Why don't everybody thank the Lord for the nail today? Why don't everybody rejoice in God today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I met Brother Fraley this week, Brother Larry Fraley. He was talking to me and went through a trial. He said, reached in his pocket and pulled out and he had a nail in his hand. He said, I still got my nail. Amen. He said, I was, the other day, he said, I waved it at the Lord and said, God, I still got my nail. Amen. Time hadn't moved me. Trials hadn't moved me. Problems hadn't moved me. Children hadn't moved me. Grandparent, grandchildren hadn't moved me. I still got my nail. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of these days, if we're faithful to God, we're going to hear him say, well done, thy good and amen, faithful. So, praise God. So, Teresa, there was a lot of people here the other night, other Sunday, and I preached this message, and we passed out those nails, but they ran out. So, I got Brother Jay Frehley. Last night, about 9 o'clock, I said, do you think you could find any nails anywhere? Amen. And so he came back this morning. He had a bunch of nails. He said, Lowe's stays open to 10 o'clock. So I went over there and bought nails. So praise God. You didn't get one? I want you to have one. Uh, the ushers will be at the doors, and you can just get you one on the way out if you didn't get one the other night. Amen. When the devil's tempting you and your ship is rocking, amen, you can say, no, God, I've still got the nail, and I'm determined to be saved. Praise God. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't go to hell for nobody. Don't let the devil stop you for anything in this world. You make up in your mind, I'm going to live for God. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your hands and praise him right now together. We bless your name, Lord. We magnify you. Thank you for your goodness and blessings. 
all the good things you've done in our life. Come on, I want you to thank him. I want you to tell him right now, Lord, I'm not going to let my nails slip. Amen. By your help and grace, I'm going to hold on. I'm determined to serve you, God. I'm determined to live for you. I will hope maybe a friend or a companion or a child standing with you today. Why don't you take them by the hand and do as we did a while ago, lift it up toward the Lord. Hallelujah. And pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe you today in the name of the Lord for your glory and honor. Oh, God, give your people fresh strength and fresh determination. Let us treasure this wonderful blessing, amen, that you have given us. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us. Thank you for loving us so much. Oh, we magnify you, righteous God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Turn around and shake hands with somebody. Be friendly.